and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Hi there, and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. Uh, how you doing, Kat? I'm, do you know, I'm finally doing okay. I always feel a bit like I come into this conversation and go, oh, I'm just really pleased the week's over. <laughs> um, I don't mean to be, I'm not normally that negative, but uh, I hate to say it, I'm really pleased this week's over too. Is that bad? No, not at all. Like I've had one kid on fall break here, one kid puking. I've been sick. Like we've had just like the plague at our home this week. And um, yeah, it's it, it's been a bit full on. I'm I'm super happy it's Friday. Yeah, we've been a den of disease too. Jimmy's been away on tour and in rehearsals. Uh, the kids have both been sick. I've been sick. Are you ready for my first world fucking problem? My au pair's also been sick. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah, I'm that idiot. Um, and so it's been quite... And also my other company, Hustle & Fox, had a big work launch. So it was just... It's been a lot... But now the kids are back at school on Monday. Nobody's ill at the moment, touch wood, and I'm ready to start getting back into the groove. Yeah, it's amazing how sickness and school breaks can just like throw you off your game. Um, I've definitely fell off my game this week, but signed a couple new clients. So that just like made my workload bigger, which is great. Um, And I'm super excited to be working with them. It's just, it's a lot to do when you've got little ones at home um, not feeling well either. So we've done a lot of couch cuddles and Paw Patrol this week. Well, it's the relentless juggle struggle. At one point, we were all so sick that we watched two movies in a row on the couch. And then I was like, we have to get out of the house. Like the kids, even though they're sick, they still go stir crazy. So I have to get out of the house. So I took them to the cinema to watch another movie there, which... uh, Fantastic. You know, I mean, obviously it cost me 40 quid because that's how much it costs these days <laughs> to get tickets and buy fucking popcorn. Um, right. But it was worth every penny of that 40 quid, actually, and at least we were out of the house. Yeah, it's so weird because normally mine are the exact same, but I only have one that's sick and one that's not. And actually both of them just, like, didn't even have the energy to leave the house. We did have a doctor's appointment, and, and we had a dental appointment this week, so that's when we got out of the house. But other than that, we've been... Uh, bunkered in and we got snow yesterday so you guys are it's me- all happening you guys are mental <laughs> um we haven't got snow but we do have pretty crappy weather um uh, so yeah it's starting but we're all getting gearing up for halloween and bonfire night oh I can't wait. Halloween is our absolute favorite holiday in this household um but I've been slacker mum and we've not carved pumpkins we've done no decorating whatsoever so uh, it's going to be the weekend to knock all that shit into place for thursday you've still got time (laughs) i actually uh, i'm just not normally this mum. if you know me or follow me on anything else at all you will know that i fucking hate craft more than anything else in the world but this week because it it was the only thing we could do because the weather was bad and we were sick we did the pumpkins we carved them we painted them we put glitter on the i don't even know who i am anymore i let glitter into the house it's unheard of and then just now we've made a jar of pickled eyeballs those look amazing by the way it's probably something we should do i also i went to somebody's house the other week and they had like these amazing just witch hats hung by like fishing line oh, in the front cool. of their house so they just looked like they were floating and i was like ooh i want to nick that 
I say that it probably won't happen this year. Maybe next year, but I, uh, I was going to say got we some should. Uh, I was gonna, sorry to interrupt, but I was going to say we should put the yeah. pickled eyeballs instructions on the socials. But then I thought no, because they're not my pickled eyeballs. They are actually the genius work of my good friend Emma Scottchild, who on Instagram is at Emma underscore Scott Child. And if you want anything crafty and easy, go and see her. She doesn't know I'm saying it. It's not an ad, but it's just a public service announcement that if you hate craft, but you want to do it, she's your woman and the pickled eyeballs, that's where you'll find them. She's so amazing. She also does these brilliant like skull masks with the paper plates. What I love about her book, which I bought when I came out there um, at Festival, I bought the book there is no glitter in sight. And it's not just craft geared towards girls, which I find is often the case with having two boys. When you buy typical craft books, it's all kind of quote unquote girly crafts. And boys don't always want to do glitter and like pretty things. Sometimes they want to do scary things or superhero things and things like that. And I feel like her book really includes dudes, which I think is awesome. So uh, I can't wait to crack it open with mine. Yeah, no, she's ace. We've done loads. And um, I'm always into shouting out the amazing people that we know and love. And she is one of them. In fact, I'm going to Brighton tomorrow for her 40th birthday party Halloween theme. So expect lots and lots of amazing stories on Instagram. That's awesome. I've been following her and watching her prep and it looks freaking incredible. I know she's gone. I'm in awe of her crafting skills. She's gone balls deep into this, but I'm so, I'm really excited. I will I will definitely story some stuff. Um yeah, can't wait. So yeah, so now that we're all germ-free-ish and yes. Reagan sounds a lot less like Barry White this weekend, maybe we should do yes. what we fucking came here for. Oh no, we've got one more thing to talk about. Oh, we are going to be doing a collaboration with the amazing Carriage Hill Candles. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yes. Um, I'm so excited. I couldn't even get the words out. Um, <laughs> we've been asking for you guys to send in your housewives taglines. If you're on housewives, what would your tagline be? And we've had a few trickle in, but we want to get more in and we figured we'd give you an incentive. So the wonderful people at Carriage Hill Candles, Michelle, she's agreed to create your very own candle with your tagline. So what we're going to do is you send them in. We're going to choose the best one, the one we like the most. And that one will get the candle with their tagline on it. Is that right? That is so, yes, that is so freaking incredible. And it's not just for our UK listeners. It's for our European listeners, our US listeners. Like all of you send it in and she will make you a candle with the tagline on it, which I think is amazing. And I'm a bit jealous that I can't participate in this giveaway. I know, yeah. I might I might have to go like incognito. <laughs> Set up some extra accounts and just like throw a bunch of taglines at us. Yeah. Um, but yes, sure. so send them in, get your candle, um, make them really good. Even if you've already sent them in, if you're like, damn it, it could be so much better, send us a new one. Totally fine. And in the meantime, go and check out at Carriage Hill Candles on Instagram because she's offered to do this for us. She is a fellow Bravo TV freak and uh, it's always just really nice when people like what we do and they want to work with us and they've she's, she's offered this completely out of the goodness of her own heart. So um, get involved, send us your taglines. Absolutely. Uh, right, now should we get on to what we're here for? Yeah, now let's get down to business. It's business time. Business time. That's It's a bit like those haircuts. It's party at the front of our podcast and business at the back of our podcast. We're the mullet of podcasts. Oh, we are the mullet of podcasts. That's just, that's, I, that's so funny. You nearly choked. 
Uh, all right, we're going to do Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Yes, uh, with baby Psalm. Psalm West made his appearance. And you know what? I don't hate the name. You know what? I really don't. I, I remember back when North was born, and I was like, Northwest, like, come on. But actually, like, her name has grown on me, all of their names, like Chicago and Saint and Psalm. I think it's lovely. Like, I like that we live in a world where we can be more creative with names. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, remember when, Brooklyn, when uh, Victoria and David Beckham had Brooklyn and everybody was like, in uproar, like the British press went right. mental over this ridiculous name. And there are so many kids now called Brooklyn. Um, I think it doesn't really matter what you call your kids. Eventually, that's just their name and people get used to it. So we introduced Sam West, who, by the way, almost made my ovaries twitch. Uh-oh. I mean... Look out, Jimmy. I mean, it didn't, <laughs> but it almost did. Um, I love being in the place where I can appreciate other people's babies and be like, oh my gosh, they're super cute. Even hug them, smell them, do all that good stuff, and then just hand them back and be totally fine with it. Yeah. I mean, honestly, my baby days are done, but he was, those pictures were really cute. Yeah, no, he's super cute. And honestly, like, who knows if we had the money for night nurses and things like that, maybe we would have had more than two, but probably not. Yeah, I don't know. I think if we'd have had the money for night nurses, I might have gone, do you know what, let's spend that money instead of on another baby, let's spend it yeah. on a holiday house or, you know, a private jet to Aruba. Let's do that. Yeah, done. Um, anyway, so Sam was introduced, very beautiful. Obviously, I also think having a baby is easier when you haven't had to hoof the human out of your love tunnel yourself. Yeah, but it was it was it was quite harrowing, wasn't it? Because they thought she they were going to have to do like an inversion, aversion, and he was transverse. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is it aversion or inversion? Aversion, like an aversion. I don't know. Huh. I'm pretty sure. Let me. See, Anyways, know, well, you talk. You talk about it. That. It doesn't do matter. In, 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 yeah, with like the baby being horizontal versus vertical. But I also loved the right? way that. Yeah, I also loved the way that um, Kim. Like, rather than go, babe, it's all right. Don't worry. You, you've got this. She was like, oh my god, that yeah. really hurts. Okay. Yeah. Well, because she had she had one, didn't she? I know. But and so it's she was like, like, yeah, it's like one of the most painful things ever. It's like, hmm. And she said, I totally agree with you. I think she goes, oh, it hurts so bad now. You know, I couldn't lie to her. I was like, yes, you can. Yeah, you can. You 100% can. Just throw her a freaking bone. Lie to her. Yeah, yeah. Um, But I also loved how, like, Kanye was not answering his phone when all of this was going on. (laughs) And Kim was getting super pissed. Like, dude, you know this is happening. Phone needs to be on standby. I'm not the only one here. But then he, like, totally makes it up after the baby is there. You know, the baby was born and he was there and he was, you know, being super helpful, which is always lovely. Yeah, and she was saying how he'd sort of helped with the other kids and got them out in the middle of the night and done all of that stuff. And you just think, you know, maybe they do have night nurses, but maybe they don't, actually, and maybe they just get on with it. No, I mean, you make a totally fair point. If he's getting up with the kids, too, then obviously there's they're not just paying people to look after them. And I think I, I love it when dads get up in the middle of the night as well and give, you know, mums a bit of a break. Yeah. I That's mean, always we, nice. We, I mean... It's weird that we have to love it because it should happen more often. But, um, you know, I'm quite lucky I had one that did when he finally woke up. But essentially, it doesn't happen as often as it should. You are right, by the way. I hate to, I hate being wrong. <laughs> it's an inversion. I'm going to blame the accent. 
Yeah, uh-huh. totally blame it on that. Cultural differences. Cult- cultural differences. So, yeah, so they have the baby. <laughs> that's all fine. And um, and then I think really that was kind of here he is, display, display, display. And then we went mostly into the girls' trip, right? Yeah. Uh, so Courtney gets invi- uh, Courtney invites Chloe on a girls' trip. Chloe is super apprehensive because she's like, these trips always turn psychotic and I don't want to go drunk and crazy. And she actually brings true, which I thought was really surprising and actually didn't know how I felt about it. So I was like, if I'm on a girl's trip, I don't want my kids there. Like it's a girl's trip. I just want to chill out. But you know, I I literally wrote the same thing. I wrote a girl's trip is a good time (laughs) to leave the baby at home. But at the same time, you didn't see the baby. It didn't seem to get, she obviously brought a nanny. It didn't seem to get in the way. Maybe it's just, it was a practicality thing. It wasn't like she was always off with true. Um, But it's and also if you have to bring a baby, you have to bring a baby. You know, it is what it Absolutely. is. Absolutely. Or maybe she just chose to. Like yeah. she's that good mom that's gonna bring her kid everywhere where I'm very obviously not that mom. So Yeah, I'm not that mom too. Fine. Any excuse to leave them anywhere. Uh but this girls' trip <laughs> does look amazing. They go to Turks and Caicos, which has obviously been one of our oh. dream locations. We've talked about going to Turks Absolutely. and Caicos. Absolutely. So pretty. Um it looked beautiful. And what I loved about this is that it wasn't the Kardashians causing the chaos. We had Larsa Pippen and yeah, and Courtney's mate. Is it Sarah? I didn't write her name. Sarah Howard. Sarah. That's it. Yeah. Who runs Poosh with her going head to head. And I thought it was really, really interesting because for me, it was the context that was important because obviously Courtney's invited them. Courtney's a Kardashian. Nobody's going to fall right. out with Courtney. They even if they are truly best friends, everybody still wants to be friends with Courtney. Um, so really, it was this weird kind of almost pissing contest between Larsa and Sarah over who was Courtney's mate. Right. And they're so, like, they're 100% different people, right? Yeah. Like, they could not be more opposite people to, like, fight over this friendship. Like, Larsa's loud and, like, into dudes and just wants to, like, tear it up and have a great time and, you know, is, like, voluptuous and just 100% the complete opposite of, like, Sarah, who just seems like she's just more chilled out and wants to relax. And and also quite controlled. And, yeah. you know, there was a lot of, like, Larsa, like, just letting it all out and having a really good time. And Sarah yeah. just comes across as very much uh, needs to be in control of everything very much and all the rest of it. So there was always going to be um, fights. I mean... I, at the end of the day, it it just seemed like a lot of white girls in cornrows arguing for quite a lot of the yeah, time. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah. But it did look beautiful. And we also discovered my favourite thing of all time, that Courtney can queef the ABCs. I totally wrote the exact same thing down. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know Amazing. how to queef the ABCs. How do you do that? On command. Yeah. I mean... You say on command. I mean, I mean not you're not going to do it by accident, are you? Oh, no. Shit, I can't stop it. <laughs> a, B, C. What? What's happening? That's not going to happen. <laughs> I accidentally queefed the ABCs <laughs> at parents' evening. You never, you never know with the Kardashians. You never but, know. <laughs> but yeah, so she could do that, which is a fabulous party trick if I've ever heard of one. Um, I don't know if it beats lighting Sambuca on fire in your mouth. Uh-huh. I don't think so either. Um, but it is a, an interesting party trick. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just a lot of... It, it just felt a lot like them kind of... 
kowtowing to Courtney a bit and I'm your best friend and you're... I did like, though, that Courtney really stood up to Larsa a bit because Larsa... Right. I don't think Larsa's a bully and I think Courtney was a little overreaching with that, but but she is a very strong personality. And if you're a strong personality and you're up against somebody like Sarah, who's clearly a much more kind of introverted character... Right. You're always going to have the upper hand. She's all, Sarah's always going to be at disadvantage. And I think that's what Courtney was trying to say. But I like that Courtney stood up to Larsa. She has always avoided confrontation. Um, but I feel like we've talked about it in previous weeks. She's starting to get her voice. Absolutely. And I think, because um, I don't think she was just standing up for Sarah, but I think in a way she was also standing up for herself. Like, I'm just not in the point of my life where I want to go out and be surrounded by a bunch of dudes. I just want to chill out with my girlfriends. I could want to do that next week. I could want to do it tomorrow. But right now, like, I'm not in that phase of life. And I think, actually, Larsa took it really well. And it actually surprised me because I thought Larsa was going to blow her off. But I think Larsa was like, yeah, like, you're going to be in many different phases. Like, it could change and, you know, we'll roll with it. Well, it's funny you say that because that kind of takes me back to this idea of them all wanting to be friends with Courtney. And I think you're right. She took it really well. But I actually wrote... um. If anyone else had called Larsa a bully, the shit would have hit the fan. But I think she'll yeah. let Courtney get away with a lot more because Courtney's, you know, there is an element of prestige to Courtney's friendship that I think they all, to a certain extent, maybe not subconsciously acknowledge, but it's yeah. there. I also think, I mean, Courtney and Larsa have been friends for a very, very long time yeah. as well, like even kind of pre-Kardashians. So I think, you know, I mean, because Larsa was married to Scottie Pippen, which was a massively famous basketball player here in the 90s when the Michael Jordan thing, and they were on the same, they were both on the Chicago Bulls. So, I mean, like she has her own kind of thing in her own right, not to the Kardashian level, but... Um, I think you're absolutely right. I think if anybody else on that trip would have said that to her, she would have lost her shit. Um, but you're, I think it's their friendship, but also a little bit, you know. Did Larsa do Housewives of Orange County for uh, No, Beverly she was Hills? on Miami. She Miami, was on Miami. That was it. Yeah. That was it. Because that's where she lives. So, um, yeah, she was on The Real Housewives of Miami, which I think is kind of back where her slang stopped as well. Like, there were a lot of notes that I wrote about Larsa, but, like, she kept saying, like, it's dope. It's dope. And I was like, dude, it's not 1996 anymore. anymore. No. No, the 90s called. They want their word back. Um, Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it was – I liked this episode. It was – there was nothing – oh, the vow renewal – I want to get to that a little bit, but... Yeah, real fast before we leave the oh, girls' yeah, trip. Sorry. I was also really happy that, like, Chloe had a good girls' trip. Like, yeah. you know, she's been doing, like, so many of these parties, and, like, the last trip to Vegas was not super fun for her. But um, this trip, it seemed, was really good for her to kind of see a good girls' trip. She seemed to have a great time, Um other than like the drama stuff that was going on, it seemed like yeah, it was nice. For, I think it was time. nice for her to kind of sit on the on the sides of it. And at one point, she was like, "I've heard like real stories about massive fighting on these girls' trip, and we didn't get any of that, and that was really annoying." Right. And I was like, "She was actually in it for the good fun." Um, yeah. But it, and I loved Courtney. They're all like letting loose and really relaxing, and it's nice to see that because they're also controlled a lot of the time. But Courtney was right. like, drank the tequila, and she's like, "This is not 1942. This is trash." <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> if only we could all demand that our tequila was always Don Julio 1942. Um, right. 
she was like, this is trash. Uh, but, yeah, I do love that they were all kind of throwing it back a little bit and just enjoying each other's company in a really relatable way. I mean, I say relatable, obviously not like private jet to Turks and Caicos. Right, right. For us, right. it's more like an Airbnb in Ramsgate. But um, but we, we've all been on those girls' trip, and they are fun, and there's always drama. And it was nice to see that happening for them. Um, but, yeah, the, but the vow and you, just to move on to that, I, yeah. they've been married for five years. And at first right. I was like, five years seems a little early for a vow renewal in my, like, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, and then they did it. And I was like, actually, do you know what? Like I look back on my relationship and how it's evolved so much. We've been married now for, um, uh, eight, uh, <laughs> is it eight years? I think so. I think so. No, seven when did so, we get married? 2011. Yeah, eight years. Eight years. Good. Glad, glad that was on the top of, the tip of my tongue. Um, always never not grateful that my husband's recording this podcast, uh, editing this podcast. Right. Uh, so at first I was like, oh my God, we're in a family at five years. So Kardashians, is it like, for goodness sake. But then I saw it and I thought, you know what, actually, maybe we should all just renew our fucking vows more often. Maybe we should all go back to that point and go, this is why I married you. Because I think we forget too often we get bogged down with kids and work and bills and adulting and all the rest of it. And I saw that vow renewal and they didn't put the cameras in it. And I thought, actually, I was being a cynical cow. And it's actually, you should, if you want to renew your vows, renew your fucking vows. No, you know, I totally agree with you. So my husband and I have been married for 13 years. And I think about kind of, we have these very distinct chunks of our lives, like where we were expats for a while, and then we've had kids for a while, and now we're kind of on the other side of not having kids. Um, And I think it's really interesting, like, had we really, did have we properly, like, celebrated each one of those little chunks? Um, Maybe we need to. I don't know. We'll, We'll hit our 20 soon well we're about to we're reagan and i have been planning our 40th for literally years and yeah it's 2021 it's coming up and we've always said we're going to ha- go away two weeks the, the families and really throw money at it save up save up save up and do it so that it's a fabulous trip maybe we should like renew our vow because it will also be my 10-year wedding anniversary and it'll be your and 15. it'll be my 15 maybe yeah. we should do a vow Ooh. renewal in there too yeah but obviously not a surprise hey jimmy um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that. we need to get somebody else to edit this podcast. That's there what I'm you talking go. about. <laughs> um, we can't afford anybody yeah, else. Maybe. Let's be honest. No, um, we'll so, just do it all ourselves. So yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was another lovely episode, but I do think that there is more like we got a teaser for the rest of the, uh, season coming up. And I do think that there's a lot oh. of drama coming up. At one point, did we there's- see Chris like pulling trying to pull one of the girls up off the floor like she- we did and we also heard that Chloe's ex has written like a tell all book and there's some things that come out in that book like Lamar has written a book so it should be it should be really interesting to kind of see what transpires there um what i also liked about the vow renewal not to skip around too much i love how e clipped in like the flashbacks from the past so like when Kim was talking about like her engagement to Saint it kind of showed that and I thought that was super cool that like they have video of all like their entire relationship yeah you know that we've all gotten to see as well of you know most of their relationship and it's just definitely I thought that was just super cool it was cool and I think as much as you 
forget, like as much as it's a reality TV show, of course it is. It's still a really cool documentation for them of what went right. on and what. I mean, my memory is so terrible. I can't remember half of what happened yesterday, let alone what happened 10 years ago. But to have all that footage and to be able to show the good, the bad and the ugly and go, oh, God, yeah, that's when that that's such a that's a cool thing to have. I mean, you know, the discussion on what you have to give up to get that is obviously wider right, than right. that. But it is still, if you, you know, it's an interesting concept to know that that's something you're going to have forever. Your grandkids can see it. Um, yeah. It's a real legacy in some ways. No, I totally agree. Like, you know, I got really quite teary and choked up when, like, they put the kind of flashback of their engagement. And just thinking about where they both were and where they've come from, I don't know. Like, I get caught up in all of that. I did, too. I'm, I'm, I just I'm thought it was amazing. Embarrassed for a minute, but when you brought up those flashbacks, it gave me goosebumps. I'm a dick. <laughs> um, anyway, let's move on from uh, Los Angeles to Below Deck in Thailand. Hello, Thailand, and apparently whatever they're putting in their vodka is just knocking people out left and right. I mean, whether it's vodka or, like, rocket fuel, I don't know, but Brandy needs oh to my. stop. She she is a super mess. She's a I car mean, like, crash. a super mess. She's a car yeah. crash. There is not one moment where she is compass mentis on this episode. No. No, like, she was awake for a little bit and, like, had coherent conversation with Simone in the morning, and then she started drinking everybody's mimosas. Yes, and then they still put her on that little boat and, and let her swim. Yeah. I was like, I mean, they did give her a life jacket, but I, I, still. Oh, I think I would have had to look. Like, it gave me anxiety just watching her on a boat and just walking along the side decks next to those rails. I was like, oh, my God, she's going to well, go when, overboard. When Ashton came back and she was, like, crumpled, in like the little side bit oh, of the yeah, boat yeah. where like nobody would have found her. It's just like, A, it showed me actually how dangerous getting that drunk on boats probably is. Yeah. Like there are places where maybe people can't find you. And B, it's just like, dear Lord. But, I don't know. I mean, it was, I mean, don't get me wrong. I've had my fair share of very, very drunken episodes. Um, yeah. But even if they've been nearly as bad as that, which they probably haven't that much, but even if they have been, it's one. It's not like one and then a couple of hours oh. break and then I'll do it again and then a couple hours break and I'll do it again. I mean, when she was sat on that beach picnic, she yeah. looked like... She looked dead. She looked dead, but like she looked like a zombie. She looked like... Yeah, we posted yeah. a picture of it on Instagram. I did that, like, take right. a picture of my TV thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I don't know what to say yeah. about it. She there are no words. She looked proper like Weekend at Bernie's. Like, you remember that movie <laughs> yeah. where they like bring him back and they like tie up his arms because he's dead? Yeah. Like, she properly looked like that. It's just like, exactly, oh, shit. That is exactly what she looked like. That was dangerous. And you could see Tana going, right now, I don't give a shit. I just want to keep her alive because she's, and also we're talking, we're in like a hundred degrees of heat. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like this is, it's serious shit. And it's not like there's a hospital down the road. No. You know, she no. fucks this up. She's in trouble. Um, but yeah, she, I mean, that aside, obviously she made great TV. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, I mean, like, I wonder, I'm wondering when we're going to find out what actually happens, which will obviously be next week. We found out kind of what, what has gone on with her, but such a liability. Like, I feel so bad for, like, Helen and Richard. They're like, why did we bring this chick on this vacation? I know, I know. Bless <laughs> well, they probably did it because they were like, she'll be great TV. Um, this right, is probably right. not the first time. Um, no. But I think my favorite scene in this whole episode was when the girls, when the women on the charter guests invaded the wheelhouse, the bridge, and like uh-huh. basically sexually assaulted Captain Lee. I mean, like it was that quote was incredible. Like I've got more fingerprints on my ass than the, the FBI. FBI. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and her line, which was, "Is that a joystick?" Oh, I mean, Helen is. Her hands were on so, his butt. So, so oh, much. It was, it was too much, and I felt really protective of him, and I wanted to be like, get your hands off, Captain Lee. Show some respect. <laughs> um, I always wonder about, like, Mrs. Lee, how she probably just, I mean, honestly, she probably just watches this and laughs her ass off, yeah. because, like, that's how we are with our husbands. Like, anytime I see somebody making overtures at my husband, I, I think it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, because I'm like, if you only knew his quirks, like, love him to bits, you know, I find him super attractive, but you don't know his quirks. So I'm sure she's the same way. They've been married long enough to where she probably just laughs it off and thinks it's hilarious. Yeah. But. I mean, a hundred Jimmy's on tour all the time. People always say yeah. to me, what about groupies? What about people that hang around bands and stuff like that? And it's hilarious to me because I, Jimmy's a dick in, in a lot. I could think of a lot of things that I could call him out on. But him cheating is just not one of them. And I've never it's something I've never, ever been worried about or even considered right. or anything like that. And even if he did cheat on me, if he kissed or shagged somebody else, he'd walk straight back in the door and burst into tears. Like, he would tell me he wouldn't be able to hold it together. So no. um, So I, sh- I think it's the same, but I did love that. It was like, he, you could feel the fear on him. Like, even though it was all, he was like, okay, this is terrifying. And they are terrifying. Those women are like praying mantises. Yeah. They're a lot, man. I mean, poor Captain Lee was just stuck up there. I think he was praying for someone to come rescue him. They should have some sort of like SOS on their radios, like where someone can come rescue him. Yeah. If he's being attacked in the bridge. <laughs> yeah. Some like, like beep, 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 Morse beep, code. Beep, beep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but no, it was Major fun. ass grabbing. It, w- it was fun. It was lovely to see a bit more of him in this episode. Because I feel like the last few episodes, we haven't actually had that much Captain Lee. So it was nice to see him. Um, obviously, he got his knickers in a twist over radios again. Poor uh, Andy is, is it Andy or Brandy? Andy. Abby. I'll get Abby. You know, it's going to be Travis Curtis all over again. Um, <laughs> poor Abby and her mic. It's just one of those things for her now. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's her albatross to wear for the rest of the season. Yeah. And hopefully for her, there will be no more mic mishaps or somebody else will do something even bigger so it'll take the spotlight off of her. Um, but yeah. I feel for her though because she's in that position where she's been she's been bollocked for losing her radio once and it's knocked her confidence and she already feels yeah. a little bit under qualified for the job so so now there's nothing worse than than having your confidence knocked and then you make more mistakes because of it and it's just in this vicious circle I feel like she's there right now and I just want to hold her and go oh my god it's going to be fine shake her off you'll just move on no I totally agree and how lovely was Ashton who like took the time and talked to her about it I think that's been kind of the nicest bosun deckhand interactions I've seen. Like he was super caring because like, yeah, it was her mic. It was her hair. Like everything was kind of crashing down on her. And he really took, took the time to kind of 
you know, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Like, you know, you he just need to get your confidence that. back. He really did. And I thought that was super lovely. I'm, I'm really pleased so, at how Ashton is doing at being like a good bosun. Yeah, me so too. Far. It's nice to see that. And I, I mean, I think we're going to see his kind of flaws as the nights out come up again. But I think he's doing a really good job and he's really passionate about it. He's like, you're right. He's a, he's kind of Joe Owish in that. Right. Um, and I also love learning more about Simone. Like, you know, she majored in math. Mm-hmm. She's like, I love ironing. It's like maths. It's like, I was like, I mean, I like ironing yeah. too. Don't get me wrong. She's I an fi- engineer at heart. I find the ironing therapeutic. I just watch my Bravo and iron, but she like, she's like, no, I, lo- I like ironing because it's like maths. I'm like, okay and did you it was i didn't check but you said that she was last week that she said she was 35 i thought she said 39 39 let me i'm gonna do a little okay um you look it up yeah while while we touch on that i'd like to touch on kevin because i'm super annoyed at no, no, he's not my, like, I don't have the chef crush on him as I do on Chef Ben, but I'm quite annoyed at him, actually, because, like, Kate checks with the guests, finds out what time they want breakfast, they want breakfast at 1030, and then he takes it upon himself to cook, like, the whole big breakfast super early, like, before the guests even requested it, and then got his knickers in a twist, about service and was like railing on Simone, railing on Kate. Like he needs to fucking chill. Yeah, he's he's a control. He's like any chef, right? He's this crazy yeah. control freak, and I get it to a certain extent because the chef sh- the, the chef position is really isolated. Like they're the only right. they're the only one on their team. They don't have you know the stews are a team, and yeah, so they're very much on their own. And he's obviously very much in control of how he likes to serve, and they get very protective of their food. Um, but you're right. He's kind of going head to head with Kate in kind of a power in a power struggle. And well, actually, he's causing problems. Yeah. It's like if breakfast is not ready till ten thirty, then you put out like croissant, you know, croissants and fruit, and be done with it. Like nothing hot, nothing that they need right away. Unless like, they ask, put for it. out like, the tasties. You know, right. if they ask for it and go, by the way, we know we said ten thirty, but actually we're starving. Can we get you know eggs Benedict? Yeah. He's like, fine, get Kate. They've asked for service. We need to get moving on this. That's fine. Right. But to just make and I think a everybody would understand panic, that. No, stop. And then wake up Kate when that's not even the plan. Like it just really it rubbed me in the, the wrong way. It's just like, dude, you just need to chill. And everybody else does have other jobs to do. Like the stews aren't your personal. Like you're not in a restaurant. Like yeah. the stews aren't there just to run your food. They also have to do drink service and make sure everybody's having a good time. And, you know, she's, it's not like she was sitting around smoking a cigarette just fucking off. No. And also, by the way, a seafood extravaganza is not a crab cake, a fucking bit of fish, and that's it. That is not a sea. Like, oh, man. Courtney, for all her fucking foibles, yeah. was absolutely bang on. A seafood extravaganza is, and we, we, we've seen Chef Ben do it on a different um, yeah. season. But it's like a table full of shrimp and oysters and langoustine and all of that caviar. It was the worst seafood extravaganza I've ever seen in my life. Seafood extravaganza does exactly what it says on the tin. It's a motherfucking seafood extravaganza. I did love- One piece of fish on a plate does not an extravaganza make. Yeah, I did did love uh, Kate's thing, which was like, you've got to provide- the veganza, 
Like you can't, <laughs> you can't just use the extra fish that you've got lying around. You've got to find the veganza. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, on the flip side, the guests were fine. I mean, Helen with her constant, mmm. Oh, God. Mm. I can't stand it when people make those noises about food. It's oh, just, every time. Oh, it freaks me out. Like, you know, just open your mouth like a big person and say, you know what, this is delicious. Thanks. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I'm still trying to know. find out how old Simone is on Below Deck. I can't find it anywhere, but I'm going to make it my mission to find out for next week. Okay. Uh, but yeah, anyway, however old she is, we like her a lot. Um, but yeah, Kevin, I just found was just, he's just not a team player. And I felt like he was just no going head to head with Kate for the sake of showing that he was the big guy. And I, I can't yeah. be asked with that kind of behave. It's just boring. No, it's a, it's a dick measuring contest, isn't it? Like he wants to show his dick is the biggest and I'm not sure it is. No. I'm not sure either. He's just annoying in my book. Uh, so I think, I'm just trying to think if there's anything um, to talk about in terms of what's going to come up on Below Deck. Obviously, I think there's going to be something below, between uh, Kate and Tanner. She was like, oh, Tanner's cute. He's really, really young. Blah, blah, blah. I'll probably bang him. I'm like, I just, yeah, do yeah. it, babe. Why not? What else have you got to do on that tiny boat? No, nothing. Do Tanner. I like, would. He's fit. Knock yourself out. Yeah, he would be my first choice on that boat after Captain after Stud of the Sea, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Captain y- Lee would get it all yeah, day long. I'm excited to see uh, how Brandy, how that pans out, whether she lives or dies. Um, and I just always love the nights out with the crew and just to see where that takes them. Yeah, I think we'll see that next week. It, it's super exciting. Um, but yeah, shall we uh, move to the sunny OC? Yes, let's do this. Uh, because there's some extra external gossip around this episode as well, which somebody yes. on Instagram has just brought to our attention, which we can talk Excellent. about when we get to the um, fashion show. Yeah, well, I mean, I think we can, uh, you know, dive right into that because we, you know, the beginning is just all about Tamara and Ryan getting his tattoos removed, all of the tattoos that he got while making a big mistake. I mean, his patriotic wear is a lot, man. I took a picture. I mean, of that. I'm an American, but that's a lot. Yeah, it's but do you know what it is? It's he's he's like this lost soul. That's yeah. and I think people I think that's what people like Trump really are, are playing on. Those lost souls that want somewhere to anchor, that don't have like a strong family bond or don't have a strong community or whatever. And Trump gives them America and says, this is yours and we are yours. And I think that's what he's latching onto. But it's so, I mean, to wear the hat and the shirt, it's, it's just a lot. It's a lot. I mean, this is why cults happen, right? Like cults happen because people are lost and they want to follow somebody regardless of all the crazy ass shit they say. They're they're down for it because they feel like they belong, and I think we we see that revealed as the episode you know goes on and on about Ryan and his childhood and how he feels like he was the test baby for like all their other kids because all their other kids are doing really well, and they learned what not to do with him, and I think it just reveals just you know the low self esteem and low self worth that Ryan has, which kind of makes him susceptible to brainwashing. Yeah, and also that very kind of. Typical, and I say typical because I, I kind of recognize it 
in people I know, but that eldest sibling that perhaps was a much bigger gap before the other, you know, was was part of a different life essentially for the mum. Right. That kind of, it's always somebody else's fault. Like I didn't get the building, they didn't give me the building blocks. I wasn't given the roadmap, you know, all the rest of it. Hey, dude, do you know what? Neither was Tamara. Like Tamara didn't come from money. Tamara was on her ass. Tamara was 19 when she had you. That isn't, there's no building blocks there either. She got off her ass and she worked her ass off. And she is where she is now because of that. So, you know, while I do feel for him, and I really do, nothing's going to change until he starts to realize that actually he's the only one that can fucking make a difference. And I really feel for Tamara in this because... Well, I love how she calls the therapist a life coach because he's like, oh, is it like a life coach? And she was like, yeah. I mean, if that's what you want to call it, we'll call her a life coach. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with that. But but she's of that age, though, where, where Ryan's of that age where you can't, you, you can only mother so much. Like, you, you can't do what we can do with our little ones and go, this is what you're doing. This is what you have to do. You just have to give the advice and sit back and hope he's going to take it. And you can tell that there's real fear for Tamara. Like, she is really, really worried about him. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you. But, yeah, I mean, even even parenting little children, you can't force them to do things. No. You you have have to just kind of tell them and guide. And, you know, I think, you know, when you're dealing with a late 30s, maybe early mid thirties kind of guy. Yeah. I mean, she just has to, you know, she can be there to help him, but you know, she can't give him money. She can't put him up in a house. Like none of that is going to help him in the long run. Like he's got to learn what he wants to do and how to pull himself up and, and get it done because you know, those are life lessons that you have to have for the rest of your life. Yeah. And I think he's, you know, I think, He's probably got the right mama to help him through, actually. I think Totes. she's probably the right person to do it. But um, it is terrifying when you don't know if he's... Like, when you're looking at him going, I don't know if you're going to make the right choices now. Like, I don't know how this is right. going to end up. I can do everything I can to help you. But at the end of the day, it's all down to him. You don't have any... You don't have any control or power over them. That's terrifying. Nope. Um, but, yeah, I really liked seeing that side of, of Tamara. And then... Um, we also went on to, I mean, we should definitely do the fashion show. Yeah, let's, let's go right into that. Uh, because there's a lot to talk about here. Yeah. <laughs> Jasper agrees. Can you, hear, can you hear him? Oh my God. Let yeah, him, I did. Let me let him in. You start in the fashion show. <laughs> I can still hear you. All right, so that brings us to OC Fashion Week, where we see um, Sean and Bronwyn and, like, the whole family really turn out for Rowan's fashion show, where she's designed, like, this dancewear um, for people to wear. So um, what I thought was really interesting was watching, at the very beginning, Sean and Bronwyn kind of have a real parent chat about Rowan's OCD and how dancing impacted her body image and just kind of a real, I mean, I know it's very real, like the pressure of parenting. And I can't even imagine what it's going to be like when they're older and we're dealing with body image or, you know, any sort of, you know, real struggles that they have. But I thought it was a really lovely moment between the two of them and kind of showed you what their marriage is really like. It's not all threesomes and champagne. Yeah. Which is also enviable. Um, 
<laughs> no, I agree. And I think it was good for context because I certainly kind of not having taken that in the first time round or having forgotten it, perhaps wasn't really sure what this kind of Rowan designing her own line was all about. So it was really nice to contextualize that and to recognize that, sure, they've got the resources to do it when other people might not. But actually, um, it's it was they did what they could because they really wanted to help their daughter. And it go, you know, we're only seeing them do with Rowan what Tamara's trying to do with Ryan, which is everything right. and anything they can to to get them into a good place. I mean, I think that's a really interesting point because I think, you know, for all of our foibles and as humans and how we we like to look at other people and talk a little bit of shit about them, like ultimately we're all just trying to do our best. Like we're all trying to raise, I mean, those of us who have kids are just trying to raise like productive, independent members of society who are kind and that's all we're trying to do. Yeah. And and then again, we had sort of Shannon parenting as well. So it was quite <laughs> nice to get those. Sorry, my cat is now messing around with the microphone. Um, it was really nice to get that kind of juxtaposition because Shannon's kind right. of that. She comes across as tiger mumish, but it's really all in with a real sense of humor. And she is honestly probably the parent that I related to the most. Like I would totally be <laughs> that pushy mom that's like, but kind right. of doing it for the cameras and sort of playing up to yeah. it a little bit. Um but I like, you know, I think she's got a really good relationship with her girls. Um, and I love that her mom yeah. was like, like, her eldest was like, oh, my God, mom, just lay off her. Like, you know, that nice sisterhood thing. And I really enjoyed it. And I think um, and I think it was interesting to see those kind of parenting focuses throughout the show. Yeah, I feel like those are sometimes lost in like a show entitled The Real Housewives. We don't see a lot all the time of like the real nitty gritty of like parenting and really trying to balance it all. And I feel like we really got that with this episode. And I mean, who doesn't want Shannon to be their momager? Like, I feel like that's a poll. Like, would you rather have Shannon or Chris Jenner be your momager? I mean, I know my answer right off the bat, but, um, but I think Shannon's, you know, or who's the momager in um, Atlanta? Sheree. She does the momaging yeah. for her, or maybe, yeah, between Shannon and Sheree. Well, that, yeah, that was back in the day. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Mean, I've been catching up. So, no longer. You know. Um, but yeah. So, yeah, I really like that. And then we had Eddie and Tamara turn up at the fashion show. And, of course, the first question was last <laughs> week's episode. And, I, and interestingly, I saw Tamara's Instagramming over the kind of week, and she was like, I'm not hiding under the sheets in the same way this week that I was last week. Right. Um, Eddie was like, but was there tongue? You know, like, he was totally fine and cool and down with the whole thing yeah um here's my question though. i wrote is it cheating i mean go ahead is it cheating i mean if i if you if they kissed a boy like that yeah that would i mean that would be cheating i mean i think i think what's hard about this is i think we all know like the intent of their makeout was not to explore something different than their marriage, right? Like, they're both very happy in their marriages. Yeah. This was just, like, a fun thing that they did. So maybe you look at intent to make yeah. the difference? I don't know. Maybe it's all about context. And, I mean, it's all being filmed, right. so it's not like anything's done secretively. In the dark, in the secret. Yeah, yeah. Right. So maybe, yeah, maybe there's a difference. I mean, there is a difference. Of course there is, but I just couldn't quite yeah. figure out. No, I mean... I think that's a really interesting point. Or would they feel the same way? I mean, they obviously would not feel the same way if, like, their husbands were kissing other women. That would obviously be an issue because that's the whole reason why they bring in another girl to, like, the mix of the threesome, right? Like, didn't Bronwyn say, like, it's all for her, not for him? Um, 
things like that. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely probably a double standard, but I wrote down like, this is why I love Eddie and Tamara's relationship. And I feel the same way about Sean and Bronwyn. Like they're super confident in their relationship, you know, like they're, they don't look at it as cheating. Eddie was just like, Ooh, next time can I watch? Like just, you know, took it the way it was meant because there's been a real kind of social media shitstorm around all of this and people are like really attacking Tamara for like doing this stuff on TV and making it kind of something that it's not like you and I watched it and took it as like these girls are having a great time like it is what it is you know whatever we're all on a spectrum whereas the things that I've been reading on social media have been super like derogatory and like how dare you act that way on TV or how dare you cheat on your husband and it's like I think you're missing the point like there are nuances we don't live in a yes or no world, we live in this nuancy gray area. And I think Eddie and Sean both get that and they're totally fine with it. So what's your problem? Well, and who gives a shit? Like if they're fine with it, it doesn't really matter what anybody else thinks. And there's right. always going to be, I mean, you know, there's always going to be people who just, who would just feel like they have a, a right to pass judgment. Right. And absolutely. You know what? I hope that it hasn't made anybody feel too shit or caused too many problems because no matter how strong you are, getting a barrage of shit on social media is never yeah. uh, fun. But um, but yeah, I'm with you. I think it, let's take it in the manner it's intended. Whether you would do it or not doesn't mean that she shouldn't. Um, I, I'm fully on board. I'm like, knock yourself out, babe. Like, if that's what you wanted to do, then do it. I don't judge. Yeah. And neither does Eddie, like our- that's all that matters. Right. I'd like our world to get into a place where, like, we don't constantly slut, kink, or whatever shame people, because I feel like that's what those comments just do. Like, it brings a bunch of shame to something that's not shameful at all. And I just, you know, we just don't need any more shame in our lives. Yeah, and even if somebody thinks it's shameful, that doesn't make it so. Like, fine, you think it's right. shameful. That, that doesn't define that act. Your, your yeah. opinion of it isn't what that act is. So just take your opinion and shove it back up your bum hole. Uh, no, I didn't mean um, <laughs> in that deep dark place. Uh, but yeah, so we had sort of the entry, of, and then obviously Gina enters too with her new bleach hairdo, which I obviously think looks fucking awesome. I mean, if I'm all for the bleach hair. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Kelly is like unnecessarily bitchy about it. Well, it's funny because like, yeah. I mean, I think Kelly is just who Kelly is, which there are some levels that, like, I appreciate that. I also feel like you can also just be nice to people sometimes. Like, obviously, she's going through some shit. Who doesn't change their hair when they go through a relationship breakup or a life change? I mean, we my hair has been many different colors. Um, yeah, she she didn't need to be so nasty about oh, it, she though. Like, really it just in. looks bad. She was like, <laughs> or you end up making yourself look really ugly. It's like, all right. Keep your knickers on. Jeez Louise. Like, she's not trying to pick you up. She doesn't care if you think you're, she's ugly. I bet there are loads of men who don't. Like, this uh, hottie that we hear, like, Dr. Hottie, who slid into Gina's DMs. Like, yeah. obviously something's working. And then ex-husband Matt, who, like, slid into breaking and entering. What's yeah. all that about? Just that, turn that up in a really bedroom. really creepy. Yeah. And, I mean, granted, she did not lock the door, so I guess technically he didn't break. He just unlawfully entered is that a yeah, thing and then i think he lawfully entered somewhere entered else. something <laughs> i mean yeah i think that's going to be the reveal in the next episode yeah, um we didn't get the full yeah, tea on that but i i think that's where this is going 
Yeah. Matt's entering in all sorts of Yeah, he's breaking and entering all sorts of uh, orifices. (laughs) Uh, But I get it. You know, sometimes, uh, God, sometimes it's just a familiar penis that you just want to go for again. Do you know what I mean? I mean, raise your hand if you've never backslid in any sort of breakup in your life. Like uh, I've done multiple times yeah, me too. with exes in the past. Yeah. Like it's just what happens. Yeah. There are probably st- still some exes that, that given the right circumstances, I'd probably go for again anyway, just to see what, I mean, it's like, it's like, well, what, ch- it's like, going, well, it, it's like a point of reference, right? It's like, well, right, right. You know, now I'm nearly Has that 40. Changed? I was nearly 20 then. Let's see what's changed. <laughs> I think it's, yeah. it's, it's a valid experiment. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to get the tea on Gina and her ex-husband. Although I do think there is something. It's hard when you don't get the full info on what's going on. We, right. We've never met Matt. So it's very difficult to figure out exactly what that relationship looked like. Um, either way, as much as you might go back for like a quickie, it's never, I mean, it, in my experience, it never no. works to actually go back and to try again. No. <laughs> Unless you're Nini no, I mean, it's and you just remarry right, right. the guy. Yeah, yeah, but no, I think you're totally right. Like, it never ends well. I looked Matt up because I was like, I don't even know what this dude looks like. Like, I need a point of reference. And I mean, he's not an unattractive dude. He's not unattractive. He's not really my type, but um, he's not an unattractive dude. But I think ultimately the psychological price of her messing around with him is going to be greater than the pleasure of hooking up again. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I think she just needs... To move on to pastures new, to penises new, and yeah. um, and just find herself a bit. You know, she's kind of in that. It's not she's not quite ready yet, but I think just mess about and play with other people. Yeah, oh, he she is needs cute. to sample the dick buffet. Yeah, yeah, she's a cute. sample and play and just kind of be light in her life. I think her life has been pretty heavy. Yeah, the past couple of years. So be light, sample all the dicks, yeah. enjoy yourself, Gina. Yeah. I'm I'm with you. Uh and then Dr. Deb. Now, yeah. Can we all just now forever on agree to say oh my goddess instead of oh my yes. god. I like re- I 100%. was like that's it queen. I am saying oh my goddess from now on. That was genius. But she gets herself into a bit of a pickle on this boat and it's tricky because obviously Bronwyn's biggest Bronwyn's concerned with defending her mum but also at some point just goes no this is about the kids this needs to stop so why don't you take what did you what was your take on what happened and whether you were team okay Bronwyn or team host so there are a couple different players in this thing so I think what happened is obviously like they're on a boat in the middle of like some water for this fashion show and it's on multiple levels. So I think that the restroom was like up on the top level, which I think is also their VIP area or whatever. So there's obviously a guy like watching the door. I think he probably went to touch her. I think she felt like it was a grab Dr. Deb on her way to the restroom. And I think he asked her what she was doing. Maybe not that nice. And she said, I'm just going to the restroom. And I think something, you know, in the chaos that became a huge thing. So then it goes on to where Dr. Deb tells Bronwyn and Kelly what's happened. She was grabbed. 
that she was grabbed and there's a kind of a fight ensues between her and the dude. And it gets pretty ugly. Like she's like, you know, don't call you know, you need to respect your elders. And he talks about like the price of a suit. And this is where this info comes in because I think actually the word on the street is that it actually gets really ugly and perhaps isn't shown. And there is some, information seeping through that actually Bronwyn's mum dropped the N-word to the guy at the oh. fashion show. Um, which, of all the words, it's just yeah. it's just not the word you go to. I mean, it's just not a word you go Never. to. Never. I, I also mean, don't think that jives with her personality. I mean, I don't know. That's no, interesting. Uh, but it's, it's out there. It's dripping through. So, right. I, I mean, I don't know. Let's put an allegedly very heavily right. absolutely that. yeah um, but whatever whatever the true story is it's clear that it was a very ugly exchange right uh so, I- so then she goes and tells bronwyn right who then immediately kind of loses her shit a little bit and goes straight right. to this host to tell her about the thing now my so take she's the it, organizer the organizer right? yeah kathy kathy so my take on that bit was actually at the very beginning of that exchange between Bronwyn and Kathy, I felt Kathy was doing her job. I don't know everything that's going on. I haven't right. heard every conversation. I didn't know, like, I don't know if your mum needs to go and use the loo, but let's essentially, if we can talk about it, Bronwyn right. sort of was ramping up a little bit. And then something in the organizer just snapped. Snapped. Yeah. Which, I mean, I've I've hosted events. You definitely ho- have hosted some events. They are very stressful. But I do think, as the organizer of an event, like you kind of can't snap. No, you know ne- you never can. The customers, the client, the customer, yeah. whoever the guest in front of you is. It's like below deck. At that point, right, you right. do absolutely everything you can to make a situation right. And Bronwyn was right. was fraught and she was angry, but she wasn't being aggressive or rude she no. was she was rightly kind of distressed about what had happened but something very quickly changed for that organizer for kathy and right. she 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 went mental and would and would not let it go no i agree because i do feel like there's a very visual point where you see like bronwyn's calmed down she's calmed down kelly and, like, the organizer could have just left it and be like, you know what, let's just chat about this later, let's move on. Right. Which is what you do. Like, you have to put on your professional face, even if people are 100% fucking wrong. You have to put on your professional face and finish up your event. But then she, like, took it to the mic and got real loud. I guess tapped Kelly in the face with it. <laughs> I know. And was, I mean, and then when she went to do the intro speech... Yeah. Kept going on about it like this snide. Hor- and like, th- there was somebody who wrote on our uh, Instagram post about it. I'm just going to pull it up um, because I'm, you know, I really want to make sure that we kind of represent everything. And she was like, team, or- yeah. she was very much team organizer. Kathy is a professional, kept a level head, even after being cornered to stir up drama for the show. Here's the thing the show can only do so much. Like the right. show can only do so much. Eventually, it's all down to whoever is is on the receiving end of that. So if you can't handle that and you lose your shit, which is what Kathy did, yeah, like it wouldn't have happened to you or me. We wouldn't have behaved like that. 
A million people would have behaved better than that. She's got to own that. She played that badly. Well, and honestly, even if just her going to the mic at the beginning and saying, like, I can be as loud as I want to, blah, 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 she could have done that and then gone to the fashion show and been super professional because she had time. Like, you have time to cool down. You're there to do a job. You could have just kept it about that, but she just kept on and on. To the point, the co-host took the mic and continued on. So you know... Kathy was in the wrong. Like, she didn't drop it, didn't let it go, and even her coworker was like, we got to stop this. Like, this is not cool. Yeah, 100%. Um, and it, also you felt for Bronwyn at that point because no matter how mad she was for Doc- on Dr. Deb's behalf, she just, the like, the reason yeah. they're here is for Rowan. Like, it, it's re- it, you can't fuck this up. Like, this girl no. has been through OCD, anorexia, however that manifests, this is like her lifeline right now. And Bronwyn suddenly, yeah. you can feel the panic in her. She's like, no, this is not about any of this. This is about the kids. Right. Um, and in good news, the kids seemed completely unaffected because when they heard about it on the bus on the way home, he was like, what? She was like, well, I, I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, us watching the drama unfold is very different than all the other people on the boat doing what they need to do who probably didn't see it or hear it. I mean, I'm sure that many people on the boat is pretty loud. Um, But yeah, like she just. Yeah, she lost it. Crazy. Um, The only other thing I just want to touch on before we move on to Dallas is. um, Yeah. Just Emily and Bronwyn's chat about their dads. I thought that was really, really interesting. They're kind of absent dads around. It made it, obviously, textbook behavior from Emily, her, you know, reluctance to let go of Shane, who, by the way, hell is chilly because we opened up with him looking after the kids and cooking a meal. I mean, who, yeah, like, who I mean, I, that you know, happening? I hate to say that, but I, maybe, I mean, maybe they're like image damaging control or again, like maybe we don't, don't see the whole picture because I think what was interesting about that chat is they, they, Emily and Bronwyn kept bonding over the fact that they married really good men. They married really good dads to like give their kids a thing. And I think what Emily said was really interesting. Like he's not always a good husband, but he is always a good dad. And I think, you know what? When she said that, I started thinking about, like, you know what? You're right. Like, when we have seen him interacting with the kids, which is not very much, but when they do interact, they all seem to be fine. Um, he is definitely a shittier husband than he is a dad. You see, I found I kind of took it had a very different take on that because for me, the two are, are, are you can't you can't separate them. If you're in a family unit, I think if you're a shit husband, then that's not being a great dad. I think if you're not being a great husband and you're not exhibiting a modeling great behavior in terms of how you treat your wife and their mother, I think that's a bad thing to do in front of the kids. But I, I also don't feel that even if we do keep them separate, I just don't get the impression that he's that involved, that he's that hands-on. For me, I felt very much that it was damage control I think a lot of what Shane's been going through on like you know the chat at the dinner with Gina and this for me I just still can't trust it with him my gut tells me that he's not a nice guy and I felt Emily kind of it was a bit like she professes a bit too much it just felt she was trying to make it real when it wasn't yeah, I mean, I, I don't think we've seen enough of him and his kids to really say whether or not he's a bad dad. True. I mean, honestly, I just don't think, like, the footage is there. I to- I do agree with you. I see your point about if he's a bad husband, then he he's is a bad a dad. dad. 
I don't necessarily think it's that black and white, though. Like, I think getting along with kids and taking care of your kids is a lot easier than nurturing an adult relationship. Like, um, it's hard to it's a lot harder to get along with adults and complex issues and emotions than it is to get a kid to like you. Kids are very easy to get to like you. Like you can entertain them very easily, a lot easier than you can kind of appease your wife or try to make that work. Like I think the tools are very different tools. So I think he could be a good dad, maybe on his own, not exhibiting those behaviors to his mom. Like if we're talking a divorce situation, do I think he should see his kids? 100%. 100%. Yeah, he Um, could be a great dad in that. And what I'm saying is, but while he's in that family unit, it's, I mean, I've seen the effect that like shitty parental relationships have on kids emotionally. And I just think good parents, great parents have a real responsibility you know, even if there's shit going on or whatever, you you know, you if we can just if we can just put our own shit aside right. for a minute for the sake of our kids, we've got to not forget the kids in this whole situation. Right. So that well, and I feel that's what, of, and I feel like that's what Emily is really trying to do. Yeah. And I think, but she's not yeah. realizing that she also needs to be happy. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think because he's not he's not giving it yeah. the same effort. It's just the relationship, the same effort. It's just a very difficult position for Emily to be in. And, you know, I've always said two happy houses is far better than one unhappy house. And maybe that's where I see Emily and Shane right now. Yeah, no, I agree. I will, however, say Bronwyn's husband, Sean, is an amazing dad. Amazing dad. he seems super hands-on. Yeah. Like, he just, I mean, you see him up early in the morning doing all the stuff, and, you know, she's going out. Like, he seems super hands-on, and he's got a happy marriage. So, I think that's why that conversation felt so incongruous to me, because comparing the two as great dads, when I look at it, just didn't, it just didn't figure for me. And it's not like Shane's not involved. It's not like he doesn't want to be on the show. He is. Yeah. He, he is involved. He is on the show. But we still don't see him dad in the same way Sean does. Shane and Sean, right? Yes. Yes. That, that doesn't yes. make it easy for me. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think that my jury is out very far out on Shane. But we'll see. Yeah. I'm always willing to be proved wrong, even if I don't like it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Dallas. Let's move on to Dallas. Uh, which, by the way, had probably the best opening scene. Uh, 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 the the funeral of Playboy Bun Bun <laughs> Yeah, I adore Brandy. She's amazing. I'm a little creeped out that she had a dead bunny in her freezer for six months, <laughs> and that would occasionally take it out. Just give and it a pet stroke. it. <laughs> it worries me a little bit. It's also really fucking hilarious, and uh, I think so. Like on brand for Brandy. Like yeah. sh- I love how she is one hundred percent who she is, even if it's a little bit creepy. Me too. I mean, you have to give credit where credit's due. This girl is consistently <laughs> crazy, like in the best <laughs> possible way. Do you know what I mean? Like, of course yeah. she's got her pet bunny in the freezer for six months. Of course Why she's going to she? throw a really extravagant funeral and then have like Donnie Darko bunny come out holding a whole load of helium balloons the minute they've put Bunny Redmond in the ground, Bun Bun Redmond in the ground. I mean, it was just genius. Playboy. 
Yeah, it was a Playboy, Bun Bun, Redman going to the mansion in the sky. Yeah. I mean, like, Stephanie even said, like, this is nicer than a lot of funerals, like, for people that I've been to. I mean, essentially, it was an excuse for another piss-up, and it was like, right, now let's get in and (laughs) drink, which I'm down with. That's, like, the kind of event I want to be invited to. Um, Yeah. I'd rather be, honestly, I'd rather go to that than uh, Leanne's, Cameron's bridal shower for Leanne. Ugh. Snooze. Yeah, I mean. Best. Wait, we can't. We don't even know what to say, do we? No, because like I, I just don't want to talk about Cameron anymore. Like she disappoints me at every turn. She's so boring. She fucking is probably one of the most petty people I have seen on the Real Housewives show, and that says a lot. There's yeah. a lot of pettiness, but like this supposed drama with both Stephanie and Brandy having something to do with their kids with mind you the shower's thrown like in the middle of the week at 11 o'clock yeah I mean most people can't make Wednesday at 11 no it's like the worst timing ever and like she just won't let it go like she is taking it as such a personal front to her like she's not even like mad about the way Leanne may be feeling about this like she's pissed that they've like not done the right thing by her. Listen, it's I, so self-centered. I've said it and I'll say it again. Cameron's oh. fucking thick. She's she's thick. She's pretty, but she's dumb. And I'm really sorry to say it. I wish I had nicer things to say. But you can be dumb and really likable. But she is dumb and really, really unlikable. And and it's she just cannot and she cannot get her head round this. This idea, she, she's, I just don't know what her obsession with Steph in particular is. No, I, I totally agree with you. And something that really bothered me is she goes on and on about how she's done all this work for the shower. Like, your mother-in-law, Jimmy, literally did everything for the shower. Like, yeah. you picked out a few things, but Jimmy told you what chairs to get. Maybe you took the linens to be monogrammed. I don't know. She did but, fuck all. Like, come on. She's a despicable human being. And the more and more I hear of her and see of her, the more I am just so disgusted by her. She's just, she's mean. And then she, she is the root of all the drama. She's like, come along to this girl's night this evening. Cameron, I'm so all about the etiquette queen. Can you imagine if somebody turned up to one of Cameron's events with two uninvited guests? I no, mean, she'd lose her shit. That fucking couture Barbie would piss her pants with rage. And this is another thing that irritates me is the Barbie references. Yeah, me too. Like, okay, we got it. Like, we see her having dinner, like, with her husband, Court, which, by the way, he doesn't get the avocado on tacos. So I wrote, like, what kind of psychopath doesn't eat avocados? Because Mexican doesn't have avocado. But also, yeah. I feel it's a weird. It's, it's, the Barbie thing isn't just offensive to me. It's fucking offensive to Barbie frankly, because even Barbie (laughs) has more fucking brain cells than Cameron. And I am so sorry. I'm sorry to go on about this, but it's just so glaringly obvious that it's her inability to kind of, to to figure out this shit in her brain. She can't take a full, she can't take a thought from beginning to end. She can't figure out an argument. And even Steph is like, I'm just getting off the fucking Cameron hamster wheel. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. I was like, babe, the fact that you have lasted as long as you have, you deserve a medal. Yeah, like, it, she's just too much. And I, she just doesn't have, like, emotional depth to me. No. And, like, you know, we see it in this, again, this other fight with Stephanie about, like, using the word surface. Like, she didn't even say that. Like, we've all watched the show. Like, shut up. Also, she, d- just she shut can't even the fucking fuck up. count to four. 
She keeps ordering a quartet and three fucking string players turn up. What is wrong with this woman? I'm sorry. It's, I genuinely am at a point where I feel like we're being punked and she's an actress yeah. and this cannot be real. She is, oh, Jesus Christ. She drives me insane. Yeah. And a carny just... cocktail. Really? Although it did See, look I thought that was kind of cute. Like, I thought Leanne would like that. I think that was probably the most fun part. I do forget part. that Leanne uses Carney. Like, that's her, she ident- that's her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, it, it wasn't a derogatory term. Like, that's how Leanne refers to herself. I thought that was a cute touch. I also thought it was the only real touch of Leanne in that whole thing. Like, Leanne, you know, went on and made the comments about, like, the bridal shower. Like, this is, like, the classiest party or whatever. My wedding won't even be this nice. And it's just like... Oh, fuck off. I well, feel by like the way, Cameron, your wedding planner sat right opposite you. You're saying right, it to right. your wedding planner. <laughs> She's huh. such a... I mean, I'm done with the two of them. Um, See, I, mean, I have more time for Leanne than I do for Cameron oh, yeah. because at least there's something else there. Whereas, like, I'm just... I'm over Cameron. I'm over Court and him not, like, eating the avocado. <laughs> That's um, really bothered you, hasn't it? It really has. Like, <laughs> I just think that's so weird. You're never going to Like, what kind of adult doesn't eat avocado? Like, you're not a three-year-old child. Like, but also, what, what do you do in a Mexican restaurant if you don't have guacamole? Like, what what are you there for? I mean, in Texas, in Texas, you put queso on it. Well, that's, of course you do. But you, you just do both. And everything in Normal Texas. people put both. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, um, I, I'm with you. But she is, um, yeah, I mean, can we be done with talking about Cam? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we can, I mean, I think she'll come back up. Um, a couple things I did like about the shower was, um, all the women gathering around Leanne and being like, Oh, you're getting married. You don't have to give blowjobs anymore. <laughs> and you and I have talked in our pre-production meeting. It was like, yeah, that's not the case. Yeah. I missed the memo on that. Also, I was, I was saying to you, actually blowjobs, pretty good currency. You know, sometimes you yeah. just need to whip that, that baby out just at those moments when you, you know, when you want like to extend the cleaners hours or, you know, right. get a new car or w- w- go on holiday. You're like, Oh fuck, I'll just, you know, in I'll my book, as long as it's always reciprocal, I don't have an issue. Yeah. To- I mean, of course that's just rude. What? I mean, imagine if you gave a blowjob <laughs> and you didn't get it back. Mind you, sometimes, yeah, you know what, wrong, sometimes, yeah. like, if Jimmy's like, oh, we can't afford a holiday. No, we can't do it. I'm like, mm, I think it might be time to work my magic. We can. <laughs> Give me three minutes. Um, that says a lot about your blowjob skills. <laughs> I'm re- it's like my fucking superpower. Like, the, I'm pretty shit in bed, generally. But honestly, I'm great at blowjobs. Uh, anyway, enjoying this one, Jimmy? Good. Uh So let's move on to something that I really wanted to talk about because it made me feel very, 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 very uncomfortable Um, was that conversation between Deandra and her mum in this episode. Her mum is the worst. I mean, I don't... She's evil. Let's see. So what, who, what was, what's Candace's mother's name again on Potomac? Oh, Mama Joyce. Mama Joyce. Mama Joyce and Mama no, D. Mama Dorothy. Dorothy. Mama, it is Dorothy. So there are two Mama D's. Two Mama D's in yeah. different senses. The most awful mothers ever. Uh, yeah. Awful. Awful. 
And it makes me feel great because I go, well, I, I might shout yeah. my kids a lot, but I'm not that bad. No. But I would definitely no. actually, I, I honestly, Dorothy's awful in Potomac, but I have to say, I think Mama D is worse. And I think D is more psychologically damaging. Yeah, me too. I think she's, because I think she's, <sighs> I can't quite put my finger on it if I'm honest, but this whole business thing between the two of them is so toxic. And it's very clear to me that Deandra's mum has, because she did not want to give that business to Deandra. She no. did not. And then when she did, she did it because she didn't want to be at the helm when it went down. She wanted Deandra right. to take the fall. And I think yeah. Deandra's smart. So, right, she's going to do everything she can. So she's taken the office. Uh, she wants to move out of the office to remove that overhead. But she right. now finds she's trapped in a lease. So the smart thing to do is to get out. The smart thing to do, actually, is if she has any chance of fighting it, is to get a loan, get out of the lease, Get the loan on a longer basis so that the outgoings are smaller. Manage the outgoings. Reduce those. Right. That's the only way she's going to do it. And and I think the thing that terrifies Mama D is that Deandra might succeed. Like, actually, right. if Deandra brings this back from the brink and builds a successful business, that is Mama D's yeah. worst nightmare. I 100% agree with you. I feel like this is a plot in like some psychological like thriller, like something that Mama D has been planning on. So she like begs her daughter to come work for her company and then like drives it to the shit and then is like, oh, you want my company? Well, here you go. It's like a Virginia Andrews novel. Like if you sort oh, of- Oh, 100%. Isn't it? Like, and she also yeah. is a bit Virginia Andrews-esque in character. Like she's a bit of a caricature, but um, I just, you know, and it's all contextual because of course- Yes, you can slam right. Deandra for like, I can't live on $60,000 a year and I've hit my rock bottom. And you're like, okay, babe, you don't, you're so far from rock bottom that you don't even, you, you don't even know it. But let's take all of that aside. It doesn't really matter because your mum is so fucking vindictive and yeah. evil that actually that is, as far as rock bottom in mother-daughter relationships goes, she's not wrong. Like that is where she is. That is such a toxic, damaging relationship. Well, especially when we see that, like, Mama D's been, like, looking at Deandra's accounts and, like, knowing how much she spends on things. And I think Deandra brings up a really good point. Like, well, where where was I supposed to learn, like, how to budget? Like, yeah. I was five years old and had a million dresses and 75 shoes. Like, you didn't raise me to be money conscious or budget friendly. I have had to learn that, and I do know how to learn that. Um I actually watched the Watch What Happens Live, which was on after uh, The Real Housewives over here. And after this episode was the one with Deandra on it. And she kind of went on there and explained a little bit more about like the 60 grand. And she was like, what I was talking about is like that money in, in the business. Like I can't even, I can't pay people. Right. Like I'm not the only person in this business. Like I'm going to have to let people go. I can't afford to pay people with what we have in the business for work they've already done. Like, that's where we're at. Like that's rock bottom in the business. But Mama D called in on Watch What Happens Live and just like was talking shit to her the whole time. And it's just like, this is your daughter, yeah, who you presumably care about, yeah, and you're just being a dick. Yeah, I mean, I know that Deandra. The problem is Deandra's so embroiled in this relationship. Like, right. and Deandra isn't in a position yet where she 
where she can recognize that actually she's better off without the stuff and without her mum. She's better off without right. the trust, without the house, without the car, and without her mum. She just is. People, the rest of us live and survive and have nice houses right. and cars without trusts and without our mum. So I'm not saying it would be easy and I'm not saying it wouldn't be a real fucking shock to her system, but I don't care how much is in that trust. That relationship is so disgustingly toxic that yeah. she, that trust is not worth it and she should be out. Just, do you know what? Fucking sell what you can from the business. Sell the assets, sell what you can, take the money and fucking run and see what you can do with that. Because for me, I just think it's going to do her so much damage. It, it is right. doing her so much damage. You yeah. can see her lack of confidence. You can see her self-esteem like dripping away. She doesn't know what to do or who to turn to. And she's in a really shitty situation. She's got people's livelihoods relying on her. You know, she knows that right. people who work for her rely on her to feed their kids. Like that's, st- I've never employed people to that extent, but that must be a huge responsibility. Um, no, I think you're totally right. And I think just for her own mental health, I mean, you know, the the business will end one way or the other, like keep working on it. Like if you want to prove it to yourself and you really believe in this business, then knock yourself out, like yeah. work on it, but stop talking to your mom. Yeah. Get her name off of stuff. Like, if she gave you the business, then there's got to be some legal way where she can't see these accounts anymore. And she just don't talk to her anymore. Well, and also the problem is the trust and the money and the car and everything around her that her mother holds over means that Deandra's very afraid to put boundaries in. So, of course, she could get legal. Of course, she could have her mum legally removed from seeing accounts or whatever. But she doesn't want to do it because she doesn't want to rock the boat. And she needs to, I really want to go grab her and go. It doesn't fucking matter. I know that trust is this trust that's yeah. been hanging over your head. Just fu- you have to let it go. It's not worth it. Yeah. Um, no, I agree. Like, it's a, it's a super toxic relationship that is not good for Deander at all. And, I mean, it must be wearing on Jeremy, like Deander's husband as well. Because, I mean, he's got to hear about all this stuff all the time. And I'm sure he's just like, babe, just let it go. Like, yeah, you know? We can live on less. It'll be fine. Totally. And she married for love. There is that in her. It's mm-hmm. You know, I, I feel like she's got the qualities to be able to go, I don't need this, but she's not there right. yet. No. And, I, you know, who knows what it'll take. Maybe once the business goes or, you know, what have you, she'll finally kind of wake up. I hope it doesn't get to that point, but. No, me too. Um, so I think that's us for this week. Yeah, I mean, I think that's it. I, I, do we want to just touch on the girls' night? Like, my... I mean, I don't... I mean, we don't have to. I mean, we My can. big thing was, like, why was Carrie Brittingham yelling at Carrie Duber? And why wasn't Carrie Duber invited? Like... Yeah, aren't they I friends? found that really confusing. Because they were friends before. Like, she got, that was Carrie the Brittingham met everybody. Show, right? Yeah, through the, Carrie Duber. Well... And I felt like... That was just weird. Well, also, I just think sometimes you're just not invited. And it's not because yeah. they don't like you. Or, but right, just, right. You're just not invited. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. just everybody chill out. Leanne is obviously not going to chill out about that. But um, And, Ke- but you know and Carrie wasn't I, comfortable with going. She was like, isn't this weird and desperate? Yeah, and I was yeah. like, yeah, 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 it's weird yeah. and desperate. You know what, though? It, it is. But I still feel like Cameron was the one who went in there way more hot than Leanne. Oh, and yeah. actually, like, the chat between Leanne and Carrie, I think, actually had some, like, resolve things come out of it. Like, some resolve. Where I think Cam just likes to 
come in hot and oh, burn everybody. Just mixing. She set up the whole thing. Like, she, yeah. first of all, she was the one that told Leanne that there was an invite that she hadn't been invited to. Then she corralled them into coming. Like, yeah, 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 come, come. You know, and then she sat down and started off with the, well, of course they can come. It's girls now. And I just thought, yeah. You just want the drama. I don't know whether you're thirsty for airtime or what it is, but yeah, to, like, oh. well, because if everybody's getting along, then where? What does Cameron have? Like, Leanne's got the wedding going on. Like, Stephanie's doing her mental health thing. Carrie's new, but like, what does Cam have? Reagan, don't you remember? She's got her pink dog food. <laughs> her glitter pink dog food. Yeah. I don't know. No. I, I don't like it. And I mean, I'm not always against the shit stir. Like, I like Tamara in the OC. I, I like the way she kind of stirs things up and makes it spicy. But I just, I'm over Cameron. I'm over her trying to pot stirring to stay relevant. And yeah. it's just not fun to watch anymore. I'm with you. So, um, I mean, we are going to have to keep talking about Cam at some point, even though she makes my eyeballs yeah. bleed. But <laughs> it is what it is. Oh, just last thing. Stephanie's anniversary present was absolutely genius. I fucking love those two as a couple. <laughs> it reminded me of the time. I love that you brought it out in this big Hermes box. And it reminded me of the right. time when I was seven and all I wanted was a Game Boy. And my dad was like, you're not going to get a Game Boy. You're not going to get a Game Boy. And under the tree was a Game Boy shaped box. And I opened up the wrapper and it was a Game Boy box. And then I went in and it was a gold charm bracelet. And my dad had done it on purpose. Like, that That's a dick move. Emotionally scarred me for life. And I remember get, <laughs> seeing that and it reminded me of that. But I just love them. Like a thousand dollars and fives and a razor and some men's deodorant. I mean, who isn't stealing all their husband's stuff? Absolutely. I feel like that gift just showed like how much thought. I mean, that's a lot of thought to kind of put into the box and get all the fives and have like a big story to tell. I think Travis, as we've talked about previously, Travis has come a long way from where we first saw him as a husband. And I think Stephanie's come a long way as well. And it's nice to see a couple grow and appreciate and give each other a bit of shit because that's what we do. That's what you have to do to like be in it for the long haul. And no, I love them. So I think that's us. If you have listened all the way to the end, then good on you. And thank you very much for sticking with it. We are running a competition for your housewives tagline. So if you have skipped through it, how dare you? Um, Which is fair enough (laughs) because if you don't watch, you know, all of them, then you you should. Jimmy was talking about how we should put markers in, you know, so like you can mark where we're talking about. Real Housewives and Kardashians and this. So if people don't listen to things, they can skip to the Kardashians. It sounds No, very- we're not here for the skippers. <laughs> we're here for the diehards. Fuck the skippers. <laughs> I mean, skip all you like, but I'm not going to make it easier for you. We're here for the diehards. We're here for the ones who okay. are here for the chat and all the shit. So we're not going to do that. Anyway, the point is we're running a competition. Uh, send us in your Housewives taglines and the wonderful, wonderful shell at Carriage Hill Candles. Just checking that I got that right. I did. We're going to pick a winner of the best tagline and then we're going. she's going to put it on a candle for you. Beautiful, like glass, hand poured candles. And she's going to send it out to you wherever you are in the world. So um, send them in any way you can. We are on Twitter at TV Husbands Hate. We are on Instagram at TV My Husband Hates. We're on Facebook. And what's our email? Hey at TVMyHusbandHates.com. Hey. Hey. Um, Perfect. So do that. Uh, We're going to, I'm going to get better on stories. Uh, My stories on Instagram have fallen by the wayside mostly because I was dealing with the 
wrath of sickness, but they will get better. Um, thank you as ever for following us and liking us. If you can subscribe, rate and review on iTunes, we will always be very, very grateful for that. Um, but until next week, is it time to say goodbye? It's time to say goodbye. We'll see you next week. Please subscribe, rate, and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. Theme music and production for TV My Husband Hates is by Jimmy Sims. Oh, 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 oh,